Good afternoon and welcome to the manual. Another week down. It is a holiday weekend. So for most of you who are going to be off, I hope you have a happy, safe and um, relaxing holiday. For those that are working, thank you if you're a first responder. Thank you if you are someone on the front lines helping us through these trying times. We are heading into a uh, heading into the summer now. And obviously, you know, we're heading into half the year is going to be gone. Could you imagine that? Half the year. It was just New Year's Eve. We just said Happy New Year. Now we're looking at uh, mid-year right about now. So we're heading into mid-year, which brings me to my talk today, which will be about or centered around goals, preparations, and things of that nature. You guys have heard me mention on a free, on a previous episode my five-year letter. And what the five-year letter is, is basically I write myself a letter every five years. To kind of set goals, to see where I am, test the temperature. I'm my own barometer, so to speak. So when I open this letter, usually around my birthday or so, it'll be the five years that I've kind of put some things into action. So whether they happened or not happened, it's up to me to look at this as an evaluation and also kind of a uh, reset, restart, if you like to say that. To kind of get back on track on what I was doing, especially if the goal was a big goal or if that goal kept kind of reoccurring every five years. But for this particular episode, I want to focus on the letter I wrote myself as a 25 year old for my 30 year old self. You might want to ask why I picked the 25 year old letter. It's because like most people at that time, I was in the middle of my 20s. Trying to decide what I want to do with myself, if I was heading in the right direction, not heading in the right direction, kind of making my way through the world. A lot of things were happening around that time. A funny fact that I kind of realized when I did this is that between 25 and 30, something peculiar happened. Not in my life. Well, you could say my life or everyone's lives. September 11th happened, but that didn't happen until I was about 27. Ain't that funny? So September 11th actually changed some things because it was an unforeseen um, dilemma. I didn't know. We didn't know September 11th was going to happen and that it was going to change, you know, part of our history as a country, uh, as a people, as a society. Had no idea. We had no clue that that was going to happen. And in writing my letter at 25, two years into me being before I got to be 30, we had some things happen and those kind of things set some stuff off course. So I had to I had to kind of think about that when I was thinking about doing this podcast today and kind of coming from a the angle of some of the goals that I had, what happened, how did they get derailed or what changed the course of action? What was the charting? What did I do wrong or right? So, when I was 25, um as you guys know, um, I had Naya when I was about 21. So in raising, in raising her, and I thank my family for being a village, uh, for assisting me in doing so. One of the focal points of my 20s was to make sure that I provided for my daughter. That I kept a roof over our heads, clothes on her back, food on the table. Basic necessities that we all kind of have in life. You know, it is what it is. But... 
In doing so, she became a driving force for me to do that. She came, she became the focal point of the focus. Now, obviously, money played a, a big factor in that because you need to make enough money to sustain a living. I look at that from this vantage point. When I was entering my early 20s, I would say, I was surviving on 27.5. You believe that? $27,000 a year, base minimum. And you're talking to a college educated guy, but the job markets was. That was sustainable. That took care of a lot of my bills. It paid my rent. It paid my car note. It put food on my table. It paid for nice daycare. Fast forward seven years or so, I'm close to making six figures. Fast forward another 10 years, I'm making over six figures. A lot can happen in the span of 10 years, which is two letters. If we're talking about the letter thing that I'm making a point of contention today, a lot had happened to me financially over that time, over those 10 years. But the middle of those 10 years, again, I'm coming off making 27.5, kind of slowly creeping up the monetary chain there and got to a point where I said, you know what, I need to make more money. I need to find an industry that I can sustain myself. I can um, make a, a good run in without having to compromise certain things that I, that I have. I am a person who I, I don't live by attrition. I would never say that. And anyone that does, God bless you for that because I don't know how um, you make that work. Not that there's something bad about it. I just don't know how that works because I, I have a pharaoh mentality. And pharaoh mentality basically is that I can't take it with me as much as I want to take it with me. We always look at the pharaohs, King Tut, for instance, tomb laden with gold and treasures and servants and chariots and everything that he had in the in the uh, physical life, he wanted to take into the afterlife. That's what they believe, the Book of the Dead. They wanted to take those things with them into their afterlife. But you can't. We can't do that. So in that mindset, I have to spend everything <laughs> or save a little bit of that I make. I don't feel, and this is my opinion, this is personal, this is something uh, for me. You may have the same line of thought. You may totally think different of this. But if you work hard, you should play hard. I've done some crazy things with my money. Um, I used to often say, I don't know how an athlete or entertainer can run through so much money. You know, and they have millions of dollars. I was like a thousandaire, <laughs> so to speak. But I did some things that I enjoyed the money that I was making. I, you know, I made a point to save some of it, obviously, you know, be wise. But I made a big point to enjoy myself, take trips, you know, whether they're domestic, international, do things that you like to do, buy things. I, I'm an impulse buyer. I bought two BMWs on impulse, impulse, just walked into a dealership, put down a whole bunch of cash, drove out that night. And it's not to say that, oh, I'm the show off. And No, no, it's just basically what I'm saying is that if I had the means, remember that scene from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 
when Cameron and Ferris went to uh, when they were at at Cameron's house and they were going to get ready to go out and they took Cameron's dad's car and <laughs> you guys know the story if you if you've seen the movie I'm an 80s movies guy and is a point in the movie where Ferris says as he's driving this expensive sports car as a teenager he says I, re- I recommend you pick it up if you have the means I like that if you have the means go for it why not why not people get talked out of doing things and then they regret it later in our 40s and 50s, it's called a midlife crisis for some of us. Oh, my God. Why did you go do that? Why did you buy a Corvette? Why did you, you know, I'm like, whatever. Person works hard. Let them enjoy their, their, their fruits of labor. The spoils of war. The spoils of war. I love that. My dad used to always tell us, in paying bills, pay yourself first. I'm like, pay myself first? What do you mean pay myself first? Pay yourself first. Write down $100 for Cleve. Next to your electric bill, cable bill, groceries, car note, rent, mortgage, whatever you have. Make sure you pay yourself first. Because if you don't, you won't have anything for yourself to say, you know what? I'm going to take $100 after I pay everything that I have to pay out, put something in the bank to say, you know what? I want to buy that mountain bike that I've been seeing in the store all the time. And I want to, you know, buy that jacket. I think it's cool. But we don't do that. We don't have pharaoh mentalities, most of us. Some of us think that, you know, amassing a very big fortune is great. Yes, you're forward thinking and you're thinking about your family in the future and you're thinking about what you can leave to your children and to your family and friends and people that take care of you. But who's, who takes care of you better than you? Who can take care of Cleve better than Cleve? I like to think me. Yes, I raised my hand, me. I want to take care of me. And trust me, I was paying myself a little bit more than $100 per, per paycheck. I kind of, kind of went too far, I think, in some instances, but for another time. We'll talk about that another time. But getting back to the point of this conversation that we're having today, if you're listening to me, is that... My 25-year-old self thought differently than my 30-year-old self. A matter of five years. Was that 72 months? My math is right. I thought different. When I left my 20s, everyone that was over 30, I thought was old. I thought, oh my God, they're, they're old man. They're 32 years old. What the fuck? I thought that they were old people. Until I got there, I'm like, eh, it's not that old. It's, you're in your 30s. But leaving one's 20s is a, is a stressful time. It's like, oh my God. You know, because you're leaving an era or a decade of your life that you enjoyed some successes, some failures, some ups and downs. You've had some achievements. You do, you've maintained kind of a few things. Maybe you got your own place and you're in your own place still or you kind of got your own place and then have to move back home. Things happen. Ups and downs, ebbs and flows. It's the natural order of things. I mentioned prior that I didn't calculate for September 11 because I had no idea September 11 was, was going to happen. I had no idea. But that derailed some of my plans as a 25-year-old before I was 30. It definitely changed some things monetarily and socially for me and I also uh, changed jobs in that time period so when I was 25 I was working for a, an insurance company I worked in a 
what they what they call a BPO benefits payments office. And what that basically did was I was the guy that when you called your insurance plan and you wanted to have some kind of surgery or procedure or you wanted some medication or you wanted um, to do something, I worked with your benefits coordinator at your job on how your insurance plan and dental plan and vision plan worked. So I would be the guy telling you, hey, Jimmy, you cannot get a rhinoplasty because it's not medically necessary. You can still get it as an elective surgery, but we won't cover it. Just won't do it. And I would get, I'm paying you guys a lot of money out of my paycheck for my insurance, but that had nothing to do with me. That had to do with the plan that your employer picked. I was just facilitating. This was a job that at 25, I didn't even want to be in. I honestly tell you, I was still holding on to trying to be a party animal, trying to be up late, you know. But I worked in a call center, which was the BPO, that I took literally 150 calls inbound and made another 40 to 50 calls outbound in the course of eight hours. So when I got off the the floor... I didn't want to see a telephone. I didn't want to talk to anyone on the telephone. It just didn't it just didn't appeal to me anymore because I did that all day long. And I just couldn't see myself doing this, in, you know, at 30 years old and 40 years old. I'm like, I got to get out of here and do something else. I have to do something else. And that something else came to me as real estate. I went into real estate. Now, as I open this letter to kind of give you guys some bullet points, I always open it with, hey, sir, if you're reading me, you're still alive. Kind of like a little inside joke. My dad kind of used to write that to himself. And that's the, that was the inspiration for why I wrote these letters, because my dad used to do it. And I, when I found one, I didn't find the actual letter. I found him writing one, and he explained to me what the process was. And he didn't. He never said to me, you should do this or... This is something that I, you know, think is an exercise of futility. He just kind of said what he did with it. And it was just kind of think to gauge his his goals and his um, aspirations and kind of judge his failures and things of that nature. So I thought it was a cool thing. And, you know, you, you want to follow in your parents' footsteps with everything that they do. So I decided to do that, write myself a letter. But at 25, looking back as a... 46 year old my mindset was way different I thought so small I thought so small and maybe in your 20s you do that maybe you know some of us are you know we don't we don't peak until later one of the most humbling humbling things I've ever um had to go through was when my dad passed away uh we went home to to Guyana to um kind of settle some affairs and and, you know, check on things back there because we have land and property and that type of stuff there still. And one of my dad's friends at the time came to the house to see me as I arrived to the country. And he said, I need to show you something. Now, I was a little leery because I'm like, man, you know, this is probably a shakedown. My dad owed the money, something to that effect. He's coming to collect. I'm like, I don't have nothing to do with that. Don't want to be a part of it. But he, he convinced me to take a ride with him to look at something. I'm like, okay, cool. Take a ride. We're going up a huge hill. And we get to like a lookout point. 
Same as you as you would see in the movies back in the days where you want to go make out with somebody, get on the movie hill, <laughs> you know. And as we post this hill, I have a good vantage point of the city of Georgetown, Guyana. I have a big, big, big um, view of it. It's actually pretty, I've, you know, I didn't even know this existed, like a high point like this in town. Pretty sure every place has a high point somewhere. Anyway, long story long, we get out the car. And he's looking out into the distance. And he says, do you know what you're looking at? I say, yeah, Georgetown, Guyana. This is the city. This is, you know, the lay of the land. He says, no, look a little closer. And I'm like, okay, I'm not up for a quiz today. I did not study for this. What's going on? What do you mean? What am I looking at? He says, you're looking at your dad's legacy. And I said, what do you mean my dad's legacy? He says, when your dad was 21 years old, when he was 21 years old. Mind you, at this point, I was like 30. I was over 30. I think I was like 31. He said, when you, he said, when your dad was 21 years old, he and a team of surveyors, my dad was an architect, they surveyed this area, this little area of Georgetown. And they were responsible for building a lot of the infrastructure. Humbling moment for a lot of reasons. One reason was at 21 I'm the guy that like hold my beer Whilst I do something stupid Second of all At 21 years old I had no idea what I wanted to do with myself I had no idea where I was going Where I was headed I was still in school I was a dad already But I wasn't, I wasn't plotting out I wasn't surveying cityscape I wasn't doing any urban planning That wasn't my life and then I realized, I'm like, wow, my dad accomplished a lot as a young person. By the time he met my mom, he was pretty accomplished. And here I am, 31 at the time, still just figuring things out. Just figuring where to kind of go with some stuff, where, where things are going to be for me. Humbling, yo, I'm telling you. It was probably one of the most surrealist things. I, I'm like, wow, like I, I've done nothing with myself. You, you ever have those moments when you see someone... Like you're a charity, you know, you give to charity and like, oh shit, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a hundred dollars. And then you go to a charitable event and you find out that the minimum that people are giving in that room is, you know, 25,000. Doesn't make your money look like anything, <laughs> but you kind of get humbling. Oh, okay. That's what we're doing here. Show me the door. So 25, going backwards, 25 years old. I opened this letter to myself saying that before I'm 30, I want to do two big things. I want to have a career in an industry that I can sustain myself, find work always, and kind of do that. That happened. That happened. That actually happened through all the ups and downs. Even through September 11th, I found a new purpose. But I didn't, the other one was to buy a house. But one kind of undid the other. And what I mean by that is that in the line of work that I chose, buying a house wasn't really, at least for me or, or how I saw it, it wasn't really kind of in line with what I was doing because my career of choice, uh, it had a propensity to move me places. So I may be in one location for a year or two, then I have to go somewhere else. And one of the things that I know about myself as a little kid, I won't always be employable. So I, I believe in education being a very good 
starting point for a lot of things. Some people don't think so. I think so for a lot of reasons. And then I want to be able to do what I'm doing anywhere. Jay-Z said, put me on God, on God Green's earth, I'll trip on my worth. Yes, that is a true statement. You want to be able to go anywhere and do what you're doing. If you're a doctor, lawyer, for the most part, you can do what you're doing in any any territory, any state, any country, almost. You know, you have to kind of work through civil law and tort law and figure out what kind of situation you're in. But having a job where you can do something anywhere. I've always gravitated to people that were working in industries like that. So in case we have to pick up and say move to California or move to Guam <laughs> or move to anywhere on the planet that we can still one of us can still obtain work right away if we're transferring and then the other one finds work in tow. But I've always been able to have that kind of a mindset that I want to be able to be employable. I want to be able to have the skills and the, and the know-how to do other things and do the same thing anywhere on the planet. So buying a house wasn't really in the plans or in the charts. I don't know why I made that thing, but it was made prior to me knowing the field I was going to end up in. So that's why I said the five letter, the uh, 25 point, was important to me because it was 20, age 25 was a defining moment. It's a defining moment because you're a quarter century old, but it's also a defining moment, so to speak, in the regards of if you haven't found yourself by now, you should have. And one of the things that I, I really am proud of is that I stuck it out. I didn't, I didn't say, you know what, this field is too hard for me. Let me not do it. I actually had some really good success. Not relative, really good success. I made something of it. And I, and I, I, I moved through the field pretty, pretty quickly. Climbing that corporate chain, as they say. So the two things in this letter, as a 25-year-old to a 30-year-old, was I want to accomplish these two things. The other three things on the letter, or the other three goals, was... I wanted to get married. That didn't happen either. That didn't happen either. I got married late in life. But again, it's all it's all conducive with what you choose to do and where you choose to do it. Another point was I wanted to make $50,000 a year. You believe that shit? By the, by the age of 30, I wanted to make $50,000 a year. Not knowing that when I got to 30, I was making almost triple that. Almost triple that. But that was a goal. That was a goal. I had a 25-year... I don't know why I picked 50 as a, a point, but I wanted to make $50,000 a year by the time I was 30. Remember, I was coming off making twenty seven five. As a 21, 22-year-old. So 50 was a big leap. That was doubling myself. That was doubling efforts, whether that meant one or two jobs. I've never been a fan of two jobs. I've never been a fan of two jobs for a lot of reasons. One reason is that you don't have enough bandwidth to do two things. You may think you do, but then it, it, it leaves out or negates what you want to do in your spare time. I've always marveled at people that can run from one job to another. Now, granted, I've had more than one job at a time in my early 20s, 
I worked a couple different places to, simultaneously. But as a as a 30-year-old, I wanted to make $50,000 on one job. I wanted to have one job. I get up, get in the car, go to work, come home. One job. So that was a great, great goal for me. Going from 25, I'm sorry, $22,000, $27,000 to $50,000. This is actually a good one. I'm, I'm going to circle this real quick. Let me circle that. And the last thing was that I wanted to make sure that I did something, um, set up something that I was going to be able to give to my parents. Now, granted, I didn't, um, my parents were well-established, young, so like buying them a house and all that, that wasn't really the thing that I wanted to do because they did that already. But I wanted to have something for them, to thank them for raising me and raising us and, you know, making my life something. That continued to happen. That actually was a goal that, you know, I made myself available always if my mom or dad needed something. I've always tried to, you know, adhere to, you know, not embarrassing them on any level. I wanted to always honor them, obey, that kind of thing. So that that is an ongoing thing. Whether I put it into a letter or not, that's the ongoing thing. Honor that mother and father. It's in the Bible. It's, it's a real thing. So if I can now, as a 46-year-old, backtrack and tell my 30-year-old self, did you do the best you could, granted with the things that, were, that happened that you were faced with, did you, do the, did you set out to accomplish those things? Did you willfully, willfully adhere to a guideline? Did you have a blueprint? Did you have a manual? No pun intended. Did you do that? Did you make your best effort, as you like to say, as I like to say, make, put the best you forward? I would say from the age of 25 to 30, I actually did, actually did well. Actually did well. The, the caveat or surprises were, you know, the money that I was making, I was still able to sustain, take care of, of my daughter, which wasn't in a, um, a golden letter because that was a given. But what September 11th did was alter a few things. I was supposed to move to another state to become a customs officer. And as we would have it, September 11th happened and those plans got derailed. Those plans got derailed. Same as that, same as when I wanted to go into the military out of high school, there's a storm happened. So it derailed what I was trying to do. Sometimes events have a very life-altering effect on what we're doing. Like this pandemic now, this is, this is changing the course of a lot of people's work life. And it's changing the course of social interactions. And it's changing, changing the course of, of how we feel about government and leadership. Thirty years old. That was sixteen years ago. In those sixteen years, I have gone through a lot. I have gone through some things that um, I am very proud of, and I am, um, and I've gone through some things that I could have done better. 
that I had some missteps. I've righted some wrongs. I actually made a a point to myself to anything that I've done wrong to kind of go and correct. If it was I wronged a person or if I I, um, did something or I was guilty of something, meaning like if I'm guilty of procrastination, did I not procrastinate? I kind of make a point to get something done, to do it, to not to not leave it up to to chance. I have a saying that if you don't make a decision, one will be made for you. So have a choice in what you want to do before it's made for you. Have a choice. Have have a say. Put your hand up. and says, no, I don't, I don't, I, that doesn't work for me. I want to do something else. Or how, how do I benefit from that? Life is all about negotiations. What you're willing to take, what you don't want to take, what you will take. What you will accept, rather. So I'm not going to share what I wrote myself as a 45-year-old to my 50-year-old self. Hopefully this podcast is running and I'm alive in three years so I can share that, share that with you guys. But I want you guys to basically write yourself. If you, know, if you, want, this is a, if you want to, exercise that. Write yourself a letter. Even make it six months. In six months, make a goal. Write yourself a letter in six months and open that letter. Seal it and open it and read it and see where you are. It's a way to gauge what's going on, how you're doing things, how well you're not doing things, stuff like that. I found it therapeutic. I found it life altering because if I have a goal that I've had forever, it's still kind of on the list and not the not in the letters uh, per se, but every New Year's Eve, I'm superstitious like most people are. You guys know this from my last episode um, or I have a level of superstition that I <laughs> adhere to. I make resolutions, New Year resolutions like everybody does. I kind of make um, usually about five to ten on the upside, but a minimum of five. And what I do is that whatever got rolled off during the year and whatever stayed on the list goes on the next year's list. So 2020's goals have two goals from 2019. 2018's goals have two goals that went into 2019 and so forth. And I don't share those with anybody. I just make these these eight little things. I'm sorry, 10 little things. And um, some of them are very minor and very obtainable goals. And the reason I do that is by design because I don't want to feel like I made such a grandiose goal that I couldn't, I couldn't obtain it. I couldn't ascertain it. I'm like, listen, let me just make something really, really simple. Like making all my payments on all my bills on time for a year, for 12 months. That's a goal. That's a, that's a real thing. Okay. You know, might not sound big for you, but for some people, they don't have that discipline. I'll raise my hand. You know, if I didn't know my bills were due when they were due, they won't get paid. That's real talk. If I didn't know, you know, rent is due on the first, mortgage is due on the first, I wouldn't know. I'm not reckless with my money. I'm not saying that. So don't don't take me or don't paint me for a scoundrel. Don't do that. But what I'm saying is that I don't live by a reminder. I don't have a reminder in my phone saying, hey, buddy, it's first of the month. Rent's due. Oh, I just know. I just know. Like, okay, let me make sure that I got my money ready to go on go time. 
it's funny. I have rules that I live by and then rules that I do not want to live by. If that makes any sense to you. I do not believe in living in a calendar. Now, granted, you've got to write some things down. Doctor's appointments. There's some things that have to be on a calendar. But if I can't remember to pay a bill because it's not on a calendar, that's, that's crazy to me. Know when your bills are due. Pay them. Pay them, you know. Or, or make a concession to do something if you don't have the money to pay it. You know, plan for it. You know how they say you uh, plan for peace, but you prepare for war. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. So again, not keeping you guys too long again. I'm trying to keep these at a slow pace now. Write yourselves letters. Write yourselves, you know, set, set a goal. If you want to do it with a spouse or a friend or whatever... You know, if you if you guys are in business together, write a business goal together. Both agree to it, bury it in a time capsule and open it in five years and see if the business has grown or, you know, whatever sector you wanted to get into. If you want to do government contracts now or if you wanted to, you know, subsidize, if you wanted to privatize, whatever you want to do, make a goal, make goals, make goals and have something, have a measure. It doesn't have to be this letter, but have a measuring stick, some barometer other than your memory to remind you, okay, I'm on par for this. I'm on, you know, I'm doing that. And a lot of y'all, and this is to the men out there, if you're making goals about meeting somebody that you're not prepared to meet yet, don't do it, man. You're going to outpunt the coverage. Don't do that. Be ready. Be, have everything in line and be comfortable with who you are before you make someone else uncomfortable. That's just a little nugget to take from this. But I wish everyone a great weekend. This was a great talk that I had with you guys, but I just kind of wanted to peer into the window and pick a time in my life where I had some very kind of things happen um, that I didn't realize was going to happen. And the goals that I had at that time were very, were very small minded, you know, but I thought as a 25 year old, as I sit on the heels of 50 in three years, God willing, I wonder how those 25 years would be. I should have wrote myself a letter when I was 25 to my 50-year-old self. Wouldn't that have been great? Thank you for choosing the manual. Thank you for your listening today. And I wish you guys have a great weekend. Be safe.